what we do here is go back, 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 back. Don't quote me on this player comp, but it's Khalil Mack. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Michael McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. And we are getting in to the very important side of this draft coverage when it comes to Raider Nation, and that is the defense. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. Um, you know, it's another week without the NFL. I'm still trying to cope with that. But um, all in all, it's, a, it's an exciting time to get into get into draft season and, and get into you know, everyone's mock drafts and everyone's, uh, you know, who are we going to cut, who are we going to trade, who are we going to find in free agency. So it's very exciting. Um, It's a very optimistic period for a lot of teams um, where, you know, hey, if we make these couple moves, we're right back in there. So, you know, a couple things that we want to just share with you as far as the the rundown here. So we're going to touch on briefly just some Raider news. Um, We'll get into our draft breakdown. We will touch on the interior defensive line and also the defensive ends. Um, we have eight prospects to go through. We'll comb through that. You know, that's going to be a good, a good bearing for, you know, where the Raiders may need to address. So um, stay tuned there, but some good fits, some good values later on in the day. So just to start us off on some Raider news, as we alluded to last week, the Raiders have officially cut Tyrell Williams. Um, he is gone. We have saved over $10 million in cap space not a shock to me, Micah, any thoughts there just as we should obviously address uh, or obviously address this Raider news? No, like we talked about, it was coming uh, and, you know, it was floated out there that the Raiders were getting ready for it to happen. And, you know, as that happens, news comes out that the Raiders are more than likely going to cut ties with Joyner as well. And so you're kind of seeing him go the way of, of Williams, kind of a matter of time, but it's what we needed to do. As as you alluded to, he was, you know, injured more often than not. And we needed to save the money to get uh get above the cap threshold. So I like it. Expected it. Yeah. And the, the other thing that I guess, um, you know, you and I didn't talk about, but a lot of Marcus Mariota news. Um, and he's someone that obviously, because we signed Nathan Peterman, that, um, you know, you and I talked about this last week where, should he be traded? Things like that. Um, a recent report came out to, um, today. Actually, is that the fact that he has some he has some things incentives in his contract to where performance based. If we did trade his contract to someone, and he performed at that level, that that ten million dollars would actually increase to something else. So really, the true value of the contract is a little bit harder to trade. So um, as much as we want to get rid of Mariota, there are um, a couple different things that we'll need to assess, and so that will you know, we'll continue to track that as we go on, but, you know, we want to get that salary off our books, but um, unfortunately it seems like more, more levels and layers to address there. So. Yeah. I, w- I want to say that I think, I think his, his contract goes from like 11 to like 18 million, something like that. It has right. like a, it's like seven and a half million dollar. It's a big difference. Yeah. Jump you know? if, if that happens. So. Yeah. I mean, and you think about it, it's like, Hey, what are you trading for? It's like, you're trading for someone that's going to be like a, a bridge quarterback stop or gap that, guy exactly and so you're like do we want that to be 10 sure 
if he starts and he gets 18, do we want him and also whoever, right? So there's so many different situations. So something to monitor and we'll see what we can get out of him, but we will track that as we go. Let's get to it, man. Um, let's get to the draft breakdown. We finally flipped sides. We flipped sides of the ball. Um, offensive line was tough. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I, I, I just had no idea. Um, not a lot of film on those guys. Um, I didn't spend much time nor imagine a lot of people do spend time analyzing guards and tackles but um you know i i think this side of the ball as raiders twitter you know everyone is just saying just give us a chance on defense let's do it cool yes true we have holes we have needs like you and i have talked about it's more about the development of who we have on the roster the right coaching staff in place and so i think that's something that we first of all you got to hit on the prospect second of all you got to develop. So um, we're going to touch on four interior defensive linemen and then four defensive ends. We will go through them efficiently. We'll go through them with as much you know substance as we can, and then make sure you guys have a good idea about you know who's in this class, who is someone that we should target. So I will start us off. I'm um, actually a name that I would imagine a lot of Raider Nation has heard of. Um, Davion Nixon, Iowa, 6'3", 305. He's someone that is, he's probably D-tackle one, if not D-tackle two, depends on the board. From a strength standpoint, he's just a freaky athlete. There was a play this year, this past year, where we had a, a pick six. Defensive tackle had a pick six, and he, it wasn't a 10-yard pick six. He went 71 yards to the house. So this is someone who has a size, the athleticism to really be a difference maker um, and, and going 71 yards for a D-tackle. I don't know if he needed oxygen um, or an IV after that, but um, something really to, to take note of. So, um, but really, you know, watching him kind of seeing what his, you know, what his play is like, he has, he has violent hands. And I think that's so important in from an interior perspective, being able to engage quickly with his athleticism, have violent hands. And another thing that I've noticed is just be having the impact on the run defense and the pass rush too. So, not being, you know, just one-sided. So it's like, hey, we have our nose tackle that just stops the run, or we have this guy that's a pass rushing interior defensive lineman. He can do it all. He can do both. I think that's someone that is highly valuable, a lot of the reasons that he's at the top of the list. And I don't know if, you know, this is what I struggle with. It's like the weakness is, okay, how do you value him though, right? So it's like if you are the Raiders and you're at 17 and he's the number one D tackle and still on the board, is he still higher than some other players you have? Right. So if you talk about BPA, like, do you really want to take a D tackle that I think he's great, right? I think he has a lot of skills that could be a solid starter. I don't know if he's an elite prospect though. He's not an Indomitian Sue. He's not an Aaron Donald that, you know, he wasn't even graded or valued that high and ended up being, you know, three-time defensive player of the year. So do you really value him at 17, a top 20 pick for a D tackle? That's right. I, I worry you know, I think another thing is, is can it translate? Can, can some of those skills translate to where he's a difference maker on the o or on the D line? But I don't have a lot of question marks on him, but more so like if you don't take him at 17, I don't know if you get him at 48. Right. So it's like, where do you really sit there? And I think a lot of that will be addressed with how we, um, or a lot of that will be taken into consideration when we address free agency and also, you know, who we decide to cut or keep as we mentioned last week. So um, next prospect on the board, Micah, number two, who do you got? Yeah, number two, we got Christian Barrymore, D-tackle out of Alabama, 6'5", 3'10". 
this dude is a big mother effer. Some of his strength is his size, just how big he is, um, and the amount of push he's able to get in the interior line. Uh, he's someone that's going to be a true nose tackle. He's going to uh, kind of thrive at that one technique and is going to be able to impact the defensive line in the pass and the run, kind of like how you said with Nixon. Very important that you have a, a do-it-all guy up the middle like that. Some of his weaknesses, he really majority played as a backup his two years. Uh, he was a redshirt freshman uh, and then sophomore year, redshirt sophomore year. He played as a backup majority. So, you know, is there enough tape out there on him? Um, was it kind of flashing the pan? Uh, you know, he made big plays when he got the chance and when he played. Also, he wasn't great at getting off of double teams. Um, he got double teamed and kind of, you know, he can plug up a hole and kind of stalemate him with an at, but like fighting through double teams on, pa- you know, to try to get any type of pass rush wasn't great at. He's going to be a big dude that's going to plug up the middle and he's got the ability to uh, be effective in the passing game as well. But you're going to need to refine his skills and kind of the same thing. Like you said, it's like, where do you value him at? These D tackles are, are interesting because they seem like there's a lot of them. Like the upside is, is really nice and really high, but also like there's so much talent out there on the board, especially when you're coming around to 17, you know, he's another guy that he could be taken in the top 25 picks. He could also be taken at the back end of, you know, the top 50. So it just kind of depends on, on where the value is at, but big bulky dude, Probably, I think, the biggest guy out of all of them that we got here. And he's going to be a true nose tackle that plugs up the middle with some pass rush ability. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I think that's that's the thing is, is where it, it's exactly what you said. How do we value him and, and how do we or how do you actually, you know, take a look at him and say, hey, where is he worth? Because where you get him is, is really dependent on who you have on, on your roster. So I will say in the comparison with him and Nixon, when it comes to the Raiders, Nixon seems like the guy you can kind of like move around in the one tech and the three tech Barrymore's going to kind of be a more of a one tech plug up the middle guy. So you also, like you said, you see where, where's he going to fit within the team? You know what I mean? Like if he can kind of only play this one position, well, okay. Is that a position that you value so high to take him at 17 or, or what have you? So as much as Nixon's going to be a guy that's got some versatility at, at a couple positions, Barrymore's going to be, he's going to be that nose tackle. That's where he's going to be at. So do you value what he's bringing to the table? Yeah, no doubt. Well, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how, how the Raiders end up addressing that. But number three on our interior defensive line board, we have who, baby? Um, Levi on Wuzarike. I think I nailed that. Um, not sure if I did. But 6'3", 293 out of Washington. Some things that, that you know, we've just seen on tape is, is really the explosiveness um, I think he has. It's, it's the wingspan. It's the leverage that he is able to create. Being able to be that long inside and be able to have the length and the leverage to be able to, you know, stretch and push and pull those those guards interior, I think that's something that is, is valued. And you know, he was a transfer from UCLA, I believe, um, and and wasn't able to stay on the field a ton. But you know, what we've seen is flashes of dominance. I think we've seen a good tape, and he's someone that is more of a round two kind of guy. Um, but I think his explosiveness, his frame is something to be, you know, valued in that sense. And so once again, the, the weakness is more so just he's raw and, and the technique that he doesn't, does not have. And that's something that he can, he can refine and, and be and really excel in, in a system where he's not the guy and he's taken in the second or the third round and been able to be a rotational guy. So Levi, I'm rooting for you, Washington. 
let's go, baby. Good length, good leverage. I think he's someone that is going to be able to make an impact in the right system, just like a lot of these draft prospects. But yeah, I, I was just going to say, I really like him in, like you said, he's kind of a round two kind of guy. If the Raiders went with some type of linebacker or I guess more of an edge rusher or something along those lines, him being there at 48, snagging him in the second round. I think if we got one of the top linebackers and then, you know, snagged him in round two, that would be an absolute unbelievable win because he is hell of an athlete. Yeah, no doubt. And and the last thing I will say is he's not a transfer from UCLA. He is actually someone that just as Barrymore did as well, um, didn't come on um, to the scene until late. So not a ton of tape, but when we've seen him, he has flash dominance. So I agree with you. I'm just correcting myself. Um, who do you have for number four? This might be a tougher name. Yeah. So it, the names I feel like went just like gradually got harder when Nixon, Barrymore, on Wuzurike. Mm-hmm. And now we've got Marlon Tupelotu, USC 63305. He is going to be a prototypical run stuffer for your defense. Um, he's very agile. Uh, he's kind of, you know, on that mid-range size compared to some of the guys we talked about. Not suit, not as tall as some of the other guys, but thick dude. He's going to plug up the middle. He's very agile for a big guy. Uh, and he's very good at his block recognition, kind of seeing where the linemen are coming from, seeing what they're doing, and being able to react quickly. The problem is he is not a good pass rusher. So uh, the question marks on him are going to be whether he can be a three-down lineman. Is he going to be able to stay on the field, give you some pass rush? That's just going to be something that's going to you know progress over time. But as we've talked about with the first two guys, you know, it's very valuable having someone who's, you know, kind of do it all in that sense that can be a run stuffer, but also put some pressure on the quarterback. And he's got the the run defender side of things down. If a team can develop his pass rushing ability, um, he can he can turn into a, a three down kind of guy. But as it stands, he's going to be more of a uh, you're bringing him in to, you know, really stop the run and then hope you can develop the pass rush. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess with that position, um, you've already touched on a couple as far as where they would fit with the Raiders. Um, I would just say that kind of doubling down a little bit, but Nixon would be a great fit. I, I would be a little surprised if we valued him as high as 17 compared to best player available that Mayock does choo- choose to go. So Nixon would be a good fit, as you mentioned, um, a guy from Washington on Wuzurike, uh, maybe second or third round. So let's um, let's move into the DNs. You have the number one defensive end, Quiddy Pay. What do you got? Yes, Quiddy Pay out of Michigan, 6'4", 272 pounds. This dude is an absolute beast. Uh, he is going to be your ideal size as a 4-3 defensive end which what the Raiders run with their Gus Bradley defense, kind of that 4-3 under. Uh, he's going to be a power edge rusher. He's an elite athlete. He's going to be, you know, hand in the dirt, get after the quarterback, use his raw power kind of guy. There's not a whole lot of weaknesses for him. Uh, he just needs to kind of be polished and his technique kind of refined. Um, he's one of those guys that he's got a high motor, great work ethic, very powerful athlete in general, and is going to win nine times out of 10. But at the NFL level, he's got to be able to refine his repertoire of pass rushing attacks and uh, just his overall gameplay. But by far one of the best uh, upside guys in this draft as far as like his overall size elite athletic ability and 
um, you know, his ceiling is his ceiling's very high. And I, you know, I feel like his floor is very high as well. You're getting, you know, you're going to get a good overall guy that could turn into something great. So. Love that. I mean, I think he's, I think he's someone for sure that we're targeting at, at that number in the first round. So the next guy, he's my favorite actually is Gregory Russo, Miami six six two sixty. you know, really where he excels is he's, a, he's a technician. Um, he's someone that has great hands. He is able to convert speed to power very well effort. You will never doubt him on that. Um, he's always rallying to the ball. He's a great team player. Even if he gets double teamed, um, he's able to rally to the other side of the ball. And I think he's versatile. I think, you know, Miami has showed that they shifted him inside, outside. Um, he's been able to be effective on both sides, you know, interior and exterior. So um, a weakness is, I don't, I don't think he has that elite get off speed as much as you want in your DN one, especially if you're taking someone at number 17. So he doesn't have that crazy speed burst um, coming off the edge, but I, I believe he's able to manufacture that and, and be able to be effective because of his frame and because of his hand skills, you know, and, and the ability to create, you know, speed to power in that sense. So I like Gregory Russo. I think is very productive at Miami. Um, I have both Miami guys and I cannot wait to get to my next one, but who do you have number three on the DN list? Yeah. Number three, we got Aziz Ujilari uh, out of Georgia, 6'3", 240. Uh, he is very, very athletic and very versatile. Uh, he can he can put his hand in the dirt as a 4-3 end, or he can be a stand-up uh, outside linebacker in a 3-4. Uh, he is a little bit on the smaller side uh, when it comes to someone rush, rushing off the edge. Uh, his pass rushing ability uh, to get after the quarterback is a little lacking, and that's more so because of his his size overall. Um, he's someone that can work sideline to sideline, though, if needed, really set the edge. He can works great with his hands, but is going to need to bulk up a little bit if he's going to be playing uh, more on the edge in like a 4-3. Yeah, no doubt. I, I agree. And, and I think that this is a, a perfect example of someone that is categorized as a D-end. Um, and, hey, just play him there and have him come off the edge and have him play in the 3-4 scheme if you draft him there or have him, you know, be an outside backer, convert him to a D-end add some weight there. So I think that's someone that you can take advantage of his athleticism and put on some pounds. If he's in a four, three, or like Micah mentioned, just put him in a three, four and let him go. So, yeah, this is why they consider this position. They just call it edge rusher or, you know, edge defender, because you've got these guys that are kind of like hybrids in the middle of things where it's like, can he put his finger in the dirt and get off the ball and get after the quarterback, but also can set the edge kind of drop back into pass coverage if needed. Yeah. Well, the last guy on our list is I have another Miami guy here, Jalen Phillips, 6'5", 255. Very similar, actually. Um, a little bit more weight and some height. He's, he's pretty scheme versatile, so he, he can play in the 3-4, um, standing up on the on the offense, or sorry, on the defense side. He can also put his hand in the dirt in 4-3. He has that elite get off. He has that bend around the edge that everyone's looking for. And this is my guy that transferred from UCLA. He had an injury concern. Um, and so that's really more so where he, when he transferred from UCLA and went to Miami, he was able to turn in um, a good amount of production. So there is some upside there, just what we've seen on tape recently in the last year. But also, you know, that kind of ties into his weakness, his injury history. But from a actual tactical perspective, pad level sometimes too high, sometimes gets engaged from the offensive lineman. Um, they're able to get inside of him because he's not low enough. He's not able to 
really drive and keep his path level low. So that's something to consider. Um, Jalen Phillips is also one of those, I would say like Alden Smith kind of players where it's like, Hey, if, if he's in the right scheme and you have Justin Smith next to him, you know, it's like, Hey, just let him go. And he's going to be able to put up some crazy numbers. And, you know, it's really about this, the fit um, and the scheme that he's able to tie into. So that's what we have for our prospects there. Um, Micah, anyone of that list that you think, you know, not necessarily like, Hey, take him at 17 or 48, but who is more so the best fit in your eyes um, for this new Gus Bradley system that we're incorporating? That's pretty tough because I'm I'm kind of on the I, I I feel like I'm kind of on the outside a little bit in the sense of like I don't want us to take a D end at 17 um, as much as like um, we need pass rush um, I feel like it's gonna put us in a pickle taking one of these guys when we're trying to develop Klee and we're trying to and you know and Crosby and whatnot and it's just kind of like okay where the fuck do we do with those guys now you know and how does that incorporate. I would say if we were going to go with someone and I'm not taking him just because he was one of my guys, but I would say um, go with Aziz out of Georgia because of that versatility. Don't quote me on this player comp, but the type of player that he is on being able to be an outside linebacker off the ball or stick his finger in the dirt. If he can grow his pass rushing skills, size six, three, two forty, it's, Khalil Mack, like in that, I'm not trying to compare the two people, but when you're talking about size and like the versatility of what he can play, I don't know. I just think that the other guys as freakishly athletic and huge as they are, it would be a little bit of a head scratch and like, all right, how do we maneuver things now within our team and whatnot? And I think Aziz would give us a little bit more of some versatility on the side of edge setting and coverage. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, and, and that's, sorry to put you on the spot there, but I, I totally, like, that was my guy because I'm like, <laughs> with the versatile scheme that we're coming into and also exactly what you mentioned with the development of Clee Farrell mostly and, and Max, Crosby, Max Crosby, we're just going to let him go, right? So we got to develop Clee. We got to have someone that can fit in the scheme and be able to bounce inside, bounce, bounce outside, play the backer, whatever it is, right? Similar to your guy, JOK, who we will touch on next week. Um, I think he's someone that will be able to be scheme versatile, um, like you mentioned. And, and so because of that, I'm going to go with, I'm probably going to go with my guy, Jalen Phillips. And, and I think it's, it's one of those things where he is going to be, if we take him, it should be in the second round or the third round. I don't think he'll make it there at all, but I think we take him there and he's someone that we can just say, Hey, just be our pass rusher. Just come in. You know, we cut Arden key outside of what I said last week. Um, and we bring him in and just be that guy, rush off the edge um, and prov- and do what you do and, and have him develop into something. So that's all we got for the defensive line, um, interior, exterior. Um, I think there are a lot of great fits for the Raiders there. Um, I think there's a lot of players that, um, you know, we're seeing on draft Twitter, a lot of players that we're seeing that could be a fit. Um, I would just say, Make sure that the value is there, as Mike and I mentioned. Make sure it fits with what we're looking for. Um, and there's going to be a lot of things to be said after we address roster cuts, um, free agency acquisitions, um, and that's it. So, Micah, take us home. You know, excited to get into this more. And, yeah, that's, that's all we got. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah, as always, rate, subscribe, review. Give us those five stars. Share it on Twitter. Share it on Facebook. Let us know. Uh, let us know how we're doing. What uh, what you guys want to hear from us? We love we love hearing from the fans. Give us some feedback. And uh, if there's anything 
you know, outside of stuff, maybe more Raider specific, football specific. Doesn't even have to be football. It could be anything. Um, you want us to touch on anything? Let us know. Um, love mix it up. Love getting interactive with our fan base. So let us know. We appreciate all the love and all the support. And until next week, we'll see y'all later. Yep. Raider Nation, stand up. Love you guys. Mike, peace out. Later.